Hello, welcome to Pod Rocket. I'm Kate, the producer of Pod Rocket. And with me today on our podcast hosting team is Paul. Hi, Paul. How are you doing? Howdy. Thanks for joining us. And our guest today is Ben Holmes, creator of Slinkity. Ben, how's it going? I'm doing great. How are y'all doing? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. Um, yeah, so just if you could get started, what what is Slinkity? What is it? Um, so it is a tool that you can add to an 11 site. If we'll probably end up explaining a whole bunch of tools on this episode, but 11D is like a static site generator that a lot of people in the community have started using. And Slinkity is a way to bring in uh, React components, Vue components, Svelte components, SAS compilers, a lot of things that you need help bundling um, into your static sites so that you can use whatever tool you want in order to build something that ships as little JavaScript as possible. We let you opt in um, to what you want to ship to the client. That was the best elevator speech I've ever been given. Really? <laughs> yeah, okay, that was good. that was that was great. Because I've only you. said ten percent of its total power, but yeah. So you said it's a static generator, right? We're we're playing in the world of static websites here, right? We are in the world of static. Um, so I can say right away, I guess, that eleven D is a static site generator that lets you use like Nunjux and Liquid and Markdown, a lot of sort of old school templating languages that are all just HTML, like that's all they do. Um, but they've also introduced a serverless sort of story on top of that that says instead of building all of these templates at build time, you could also build them on server request, like for this specific route on my site. I want to serverlessly render it based on some query params that you pass in to that URL. Um, and that's something that Eleventy has unlocked as well. So we are a static site generator. And once we support serverless, we can also be sort of like a serverless site uh, generator. The world of Jamstack's gotten very confusing on what like the boundaries are. Um, but yeah, we are uh, definitely a static site generator first and foremost, um, but bringing in JavaScript on top of that as well. Gotcha. So adding some of that live rendering or whatever you could do to change the, the DOM structure that ends up backing up real quick, actually, for anybody that's listening. Do you think we could go over like what is static compared to me coding my React JS vanilla thing and shooting it up to a Lambda with a Nginx server or something? Yeah, if we could go over that basic, it would help me and I'm sure some other people that might be in a bit in the dark about that and why why you would yeah. want static. Like what are the benefits? Yeah. And I do think there are some connotations of static that kind of get confused. Like there's one side where you think of static as like um, pure HTML and CSS and no JavaScript at all, like super static. There's no like runtime or anything in your browser. And it's also going to be built once and once only um, when you actually hit the build button on your site or when you hit Netlify deploy or GitHub pages build or however you're deploying the thing. Um, very static. Um, and then there's the other side, which is like, it's static in that it's still built once. You're only building it when you hit that deploy button, but it could include some client-side JavaScript. Like if you use Create React App, technically a static site, but it's um, shipping a JavaScript bundle alongside that static uh, div that you rendered onto the site, depends on how much you're rendering. Um, but you're shipping some JavaScript as well that kind of gets booted up in the client and then spins up a very dynamic experience uh, for them to see. So um, those are sort of two sides there. Uh, but that's where we get the back and forth between the client and the server sort of 
parsing those requests and dynamically changing the structure of the DOM, but that can still be considered static, you're saying, because of the fact that, you know, the transpiling and the packing of the project itself happens once, even though there might be some interpolation down the line. Yeah, exactly. Like gotcha. when you were bringing up like Nginx server, Lambdas, that's where you're getting into like the server side is dynamic and then the clients can also do like interactive dynamic things. So it's kind of like, I guess, a quadrant of like it's static server and client, static server and dynamic client, and then dynamic server and client. And you kind of want to gracefully go between all three of those possibilities um, and it's that last piece of like, I want to ship some JavaScript to the client that uh, tools like Jekyll or 11D aren't going to help you with out of the box because those involve bundlers in some way. Um, so you got to set up Webpack or you got to set up Rollup, which is kind of the way things have been done for a while. Um, but the one thing Slinkity is sort of bringing as a value add is like we bring in a bundler called Vite that has been used in a lot of uh, open source projects like uh, Svelte is using it. Astro is a prominent one that's using it as well. Uh, and we use it as um, a way to sort of look at that HTML page that you're shipping, see that, oh, you're trying to import a SAS file at the top and you're trying to import a React component at the bottom. Then we can pass it off to Vite and say, hey, transpile that SAS so that they can see it in their browser and then compile that React component so that it'll slot some interactivity into the page. So I mentioned two things there about both styling and JavaScript because it helps with both. But that's kind of the main benefit is when you bring in a bundler, you can do a lot of very special things to take a static site and make it feel dynamic uh, on the client side. And is this is because the bundler is sort of being brought into that runtime environment when the site gets requested, right? Or is this... Or is this like during the GitHub stage when we're building the project? Because the way I understand it, sure. it's up there and it's doing the work dynamically up there in, in a st pseudo static environment. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, the bundler will come in and look at the HTML page that you wrote in your editor. And it'll see that in your editor, you wrote .jsx and .scss. And it's like, well, the browser's not going to understand this. Let me go ahead and bundle that up generate a regular CSS file, generate a JavaScript blob that is your React component or a JavaScript blog for your Svelte component, for example. Uh, and then it just ships those off um, to view on the client. So the bundler doesn't kind of come along for the ride, but it takes a lot of bundled resources and sends them off um, in order to be used. So there's a lot of different like modes that we can talk about there. Uh, but that's the crux of it, is bringing Vite to standard static site generators to go from using just like regular markdown to like markdown with some Svelte components inside of it or writing my entire page in Svelte and choosing whether or not I want to also hydrate it on the client. Um, and hydrate's an important word. That just means like um, shipping JavaScript alongside it. So if I use a state variable, it does the thing versus right. if I use a state gotcha. variable, it doesn't do the thing. Both of those are possible, um, but it's you have to opt in to make sure state works. So the immediate added benefit that I'm kind of hearing from this is you can take advantage of all these really cool CDN networks and kind of like uh, caching networks that are coming out and take your site and deploy it with really speedy time. And, you know, so the response time is really fast because you have as much static as can possibly be static. And then the rest is just left up to when it needs to be done. Um, 
So it almost feels like you're, we're going through with a comb right now through our like the way we develop and we're kind of like, all right, what do we really need to like be super interactive and, and, and ready at, at build time? It's kind of it kind of feels like a shift in paradigm almost um, sort of like when Next.js 12 came out. I know they were all those different uh, Lambda functions that you can kind of dynamically render at runtime. It reminded me of that. It was like, wow, I got to reorganize the way I write my project now. It could be so much better. Yeah, for sure. Um, and there is like another shift in paradigm that this is going after, which is something called islands architecture, which is basically a way to start with just like plain HTML. And that HTML could be written with like Markdown. It could be written with a Nunjux template. That's not really the point. The point is that you start with something that is just HTML and maybe some CSS. Um, and then on top of that, you sort of go through your page and decide, does this need to be interactive? Like I, in, I import this material UI component that renders a heading and a body. And um, I could ship the JavaScript version of that header and body to the client, but it's just static text. It's just a header and a body. So it doesn't make sense for me to ship a big old React blob just for that static text. So for those bits, I can say, all right, I want to render a React component here but I don't want to ship JavaScript. So don't do that. Just statically render it at build time and then ship it off as HTML. And then when I get to like an image carousel coming from Material, it's like, oh shoot, I need to opt into JavaScript here. So then at that point on your page, you can say for this component, I want to hydrate it or ship JavaScript alongside it. Um, and even choose how and when to load that JavaScript, like load it when it scrolls into view, load it on desktop only. There's a bunch of uh, sort of hooks you can get into to be really specific. Um, but for the most part, it's like hydrate yes or no and continue using the React view and Svelte components that you already might like using um, just with less guilt because maybe you build an entire page with no React shipped to the client, but I got to write JSX in my editor. Because it's like it's mostly about the developer experience at the end of the day. People probably don't want to write nunjux for everything, or at least in my sphere, people are kind of not super happy about using. Or most those spheres, kinds. you know. <laughs> I don't know. When you're involved in the eleven D Discord, it feels like everyone loves nunjux, and I'm like, hmm. <laughs> I don't Maybe know if I want to use nunjux for everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I feel like that's a stigma around 11D as well, is like it wrote in on the old school templating languages. So everyone thought, oh, 11D is just a way to, it, it's like Jekyll, where it's like I can use liquid templates and Markdown, and that's kind of its future. That's all it'll ever be. Um, but the real point of 11D is to have this like plugin ecosystem where you could use any templating language ever. Um, and that's something that Slinkity is... Uh, will be released by the time this pod goes up. We're releasing on uh, this coming Monday, where you could use uh, Vue as your templating language, you could use Svelte, you could use React, and you can invent your own plugin that you can add to your Slinkity config file to render lit element, banana JS. I don't know what exists, but if you know how to tell me, here's how I render this on the server, then we'll give you a, a nice way to just use that templating language however you want. So a ton of flexibility on what you want to use to build every route of your site and ways to sort of choose if and when to hydrate those components if need be. It's almost like the way the web should be built if we didn't have these, this uh, vision of unlimited resources at our disposal at all times, you know? That's, um, yeah. Just a different way to think about things because being a JavaScript developer, you pull down from the black hole universe of NPM 
and whatever how much disk disk space it takes 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 excuse me however much disk space it takes is how much disk space it takes and that is that ask me to say that <laughs> say that three times oh my I hear you. i'm never gonna say that sentence again in my entire life <laughs> <laughs> sure. i mean but I get what you mean, though, where it's like whatever I'm downloading from NPM to make my life easier, the user has to download to make their loading spinner longer. Right. It's like, <laughs> why? I, these I, are separate worlds where it is very nice to use. I mean, Moment.js isn't recommended anymore. But if you wanted to install Moment.js and process some dates on your static template, you could totally do that. Um, and then if you didn't send Moment.js to the browser, you got to use Moment for all of your UI and then you didn't send it at the end of the day. So you were able to use the tools that you prefer, um, but the users didn't have to download them. Um, but you do get into the space of like the users downloading a ton of, like you, you do get to a point where um, you need to ship JavaScript for most of your site, and then you kind of get into diminishing returns. Um, so I guess the, the nicest thing about this approach is that it's at least uh, route by route basis, as well as component by component. So if you have a page that's like JavaScript heavy, maybe your homepage can be really light so that the entry path is really fast. And it's only like your multi-step checkout form that has more of a slowdown trying to download React and get it going with Apollo or something that you're trying to set up. So, yeah. Sound, yeah, that sounds great. Separation of concerns because that's what we all want. We want the homepage to be snappy for, for those Google bots, for whatever. And then the rest of the things, you want the full toolbox, potentially if that's what you need. Um, yeah, I mean, get, I guess like pivoting more directly towards Slinkity, I could talk all day about the static stuff because the, the things that are coming out now are wild with the Cloudflare workers and, and all the new Lambdas. It's going to be some powerful new paradigm shifts in how we make websites. Um, but I'd love to focus a little bit on your project, right, Slinkity. And just way, way back when, when Slinkity started, you know, when we start really good projects that are actually worth something. I don't know about you, but it always comes from a need. Like Zoom got started because a guy wanted to talk to his fiance. Um, you know, somebody will learn how to make Python because they need to fix a problem. They're like, oh, whoa, Python. It's like it does things and it's not hard. So what's your story uh, for Slinkity? Um, what was the problem you were trying to solve? What was the app you were making and how did Slinkity fit into there? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't have a super inspirational answer. Uh, it started with... Uh, working on my personal site, as one does, uh, towards the beginning of the pandemic, I guess, um, where I wanted to challenge myself to build sort of a dy dynamic experience with page transitions between routes, maybe using some JavaScript or components here and there, um, but I'm not allowed to use any frameworks at all. That was my challenge at first, is like I'm not even allowed to use Eleventy. I'm not allowed to use React. I have to build everything with my bare hands. And... Um, it taught me a lot of node file system APIs. That's that's kind of my only takeaway. But it also made me pretty confident in like, here's what static site generators are really doing and um, what uh, they're capable of, I guess. So I ended up sort of solving all those problems myself to see how it works and then stumbled onto 11D as like it's solving a lot of the problems that I was looking at um, instead of me having to write it all out. So I tried that. I realized this is really flexible. And then I noticed they had a view plugin that was like, oh, shoot, I could add view to this. Interesting. And it was an undocumented experimental thing. Um, 
but it sort of got my mind rolling on like, could I add React to this? Could I add Svelte to this? Like, is there a plugin ecosystem under the hood? Um, and at the time, there was no documentation at all. So I just kind of poked the source code until it kind of worked. And then I said, okay, it's possible. Um, so then I started like getting JSX to work as well as I could. Um, and then turning it into a plugin ecosystem from there. Uh, so Slinkity was born out of just seeing possibilities in it. And then Astro started emerging in the community around this partial hydration idea. If you don't know, it's a very similar um, project in what they're trying to accomplish. I'm not super familiar. That's fair. Um, so I guess the way it diverged is that Astro is a very greenfield way of approaching it, where they invented a whole new templating language that lets you insert components at will in a very nice way. Um, which is cool if you're ready to take on a new tool that's similar to some things that you're already using. Um, but if you're in the Eleveny community and you just want to keep using your existing tools, but bolt on React, Vue, and Svelte as well, it felt like there's kind of room here to just kind of uh, add Astro-like capabilities to Eleventy, where it's kind of that meme of, we have Astro at home, and Slinkity is trying to be that Astro at home. Um, but it's also solving some other problems in the Eleventy community of like, if you want to set up SaaS in Eleventy, there's nothing to help you with it, or at least recommended in the docs. Um, there's plugins for it, but they're basically these big gulp files that look at a directory and compile your SaaS. And I thought, that's a kind of old school way of doing it. And it means you have to reprocess the entire folder when I change one file, which feels kind of slow. So I thought, if we strap a bundler to just everything top to bottom, is there a way I could solve the SaaS problem and also solve like the use of components problem? Um, and Vite kind of came up at the perfect time. Like it didn't exist in my mind before last year, but suddenly existed in everyone's mind that was in the tooling space. So I was like, okay, I guess we'll try using Vite for this. Um, and it ended up solving a lot of those problems that the Eleveny community was kind of running into. Um, so is it, did I build it for a specific project? Not really, other than my personal site, um, but I was mostly born out of like, I got involved in the Eleveny community, I saw a lot of problems people were running into, and wanted to find a more fundamental improvement to it. Like, instead of making SaaS a little bit faster, like, let's add a bundler to make everything faster and a little bit easier. I was just going to say, that's very organic growth. You just did what needed to be done. You did the needful, you know? Pretty much, like... Um, it started, I, I rebuilt Slinkity four times over, pretty much. And then I actually went on a live stream uh, with Ben Myers, where we were discussing adding JSX as a language to Eleventy. Like none of the other features were there, just like, let's add JSX from scratch on stream. And then the solution we came up with um, was put in a repo called Eleventy JSX. And then I just renamed it to Slinkity later and said, we're restarting a fifth time. This was finally the way I wanted to do it because I rubber ducked with someone. So I said, all right, this is it. Uh, this will be the NPM package that I finally end up publishing. Um, and it's the first NPM package I've ever published. So that's definitely an interesting first uh, foray into open source. It's been a, a lot of like rapidly learning things up front to make sure I can support a community and you know have contributors other than myself, don't want to hive mind mindset. Um, so yeah, it grew very organically from there and it feels like an eternity, but it's only been like seven months or however long it's been, maybe less. Hard. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Never feels like enough, but 
you got you got to know to like make the project go at the pace of you um or the pace of the maintainer instead of feeling obligated to deliver something to the community so the creator of love is uh is his name zach yep so um i've reached out to zach to come on the pod uh zach if you're listening um come on pod rocket <laughs> but uh he has been public saying like this all this is ever going to be is a like a um like a part-time project like it's never going to be like um you know like it's not going to be astro level of like um contributors i'm curious kind of why did why 11t and you know kind of what's your collaboration with that team yeah for sure um so i have collaborated with zach we have like a standing like state of the slink union on our calendars as like let's talk about 11 features and let's talk about trying to align them with slinkity because before that Veet certainly wasn't on 11D's roadmap in any way um and we're seeing like how slinkity and 11 can be more tightly integrated maybe i i don't want to promise anything because i don't know what it would look like but generally it's um just thinking like because my vision for slinkity is definitely for it to be just as invisible as possible it's not trying to be a new meta framework that like ties 11D to other things. It's trying to slot into 11D with very little upfront cost. Like we already say, um, if you have an existing 11D site, just replace the word 11D with Slinkity in your package JSON and you're good. Um, 11D is even a peer dependency. Like it's um, trying to be a plugin. It's not trying to be a sort of framework on top of it. Um, and we've done that by like slotting into 11D shortcodes API. We use the exact same thing. Um, they have something for rendering templates, and we modeled ours after how those shortcodes are written as well. Um, so it's been very uh, tightly aligned, I guess, with uh, the 11 project and not trying to pull it somewhere that it doesn't want to be. Um, because I agree that 11 um isn't necessarily like uh, trying to go after some enormous... Mar- I mean, I don't want to say anything because I don't know what the future of 11 could be now. Um, but how it's existed and how the community has sort of treated it is like, this is a static site generator built for people who like really believe we should start with like the fundamentals of HTML and CSS and then only bring in JavaScript when absolutely necessary. It shouldn't be this thing that we add to all of our pages. Um, so it's been very community driven in that way. Um, and there's been a lot of like contribution energy especially now that like 11.1.0 is official. Um, we were using it beyond an experimental flag the whole time. It was just like, we don't want to base this off of O dot whatever. We'll just base it off of 1.0 until it's released. Um, and thankfully there weren't breaking changes. There could have been, uh, but there weren't. So it all worked out in the end. But generally, yeah, we want to align with wherever Slinkity is trying, or bleh, wherever 11D is trying to go. <laughs> Freudian slip. <laughs> I wanted to ask about Svelte a little bit because I've never gotten. I've always been a React and XJS person. Yeah, yeah. Do, do, have you have you developed websites much in it? And like, d- does it work really well with Slinkity? I mean, I'm sure it does because it sounds like it you does. guys have put in a lot of work, a lot of work into this. Oh boy. Um, yeah, it, it took months to extract because we were React only for a while, um, just because that's where I was familiar and that's kind of where the workshopping had been done. 
and we sort of pushed it to the edge and turned everything into like a very plug and play ecosystem of you tell us how to render the thing. We'll give you some defaults of like, here's how you render Svelte, install this package and there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've actually been using Svelte for our new docs where we built a tabs component in Svelte where you can like click through different tabs to see panels, very simple UI, but you know, something you need a framework for to get right because focus management's hard. Um, so it was super easy to do that. And the beautiful thing about Svelte is like their approach to global state management is very unique where um, you can access a store that is sort of entirely separate from the component. Like it's not like React context where you create this context that cascades down the tree. Right. Uh, In Svelte, it's literally just a file like store.js. Like a little KV sitting on the side for you. Exactly what it is. Yeah. That's beautiful. Uh, Yeah. And that's what makes uh, Svelte, I think, like one of the better frameworks for Islands Architecture, where uh, in our tab views, we just apply Svelte to the tab sections of our docs. The rest of them are static markdown that's rendered to HTML. So it's only shipping JavaScript for the bits that are wrapped in a tab. And then we can keep a store between each of those tabs so that like, when I click Svelte on one of the tabs, it remembers that you prefer Svelte uh, in the rest of the docs. So it just updates all the other tab views to say Svelte all of a sudden. And we didn't have to like create a context around them, which actually isn't possible in Islands Architecture. You couldn't do this in React whatsoever. Um, where we can just have these like separate little uh, Svelte components living in their own component trees, and they're all tied together with the same state variable. And it was like so easy to get going. And um, I just love Svelte in general for like their approach to templating and everything else. I could ramble about it for a while, but generally it's like, if you are more of an HTML first person, I think Svelte will appear, appeal to you a lot more than React does. Um, I think it's a great tool for like people just getting into web development who aren't coming at it from like, I have a Java background and I want to learn web development. For those people, I feel like React is a better fit maybe because it's a programmer mindset. Um, but Svelte is like, start writing some HTML, and then when you need a state variable, just put it in this little script tag and bind it to that HTML that you wrote. Like you start with the markup, and then you use Svelte magic to make it interactive markup. Um, so I think that sort of speaks to 11 sensibilities too, because a lot of that community is like HTML first and not JavaScript right. first. They kind of go hand in hand with the way they're thinking about building a website. Exactly. Yeah, I, I actually wrote a post about it recently of like, they're different mindsets where if you're coming from that background, uh, Svelte and Vue, I feel like are very similar in that way. Uh, but those are really great matches. Um, and if you're coming from like, I'm a backend dev that's trying to write some code and need to throw some tailwind at it, React is a better choice probably. Um, and I know it's used a lot at the enterprise level. That's definitely like the most background that I have is in React. So I'll always feel comfortable using that tool too. I'm but, sure a lot of people yeah. share that. I know. You know. React's king. So React is king. Uh, and uh, if I could do it all again, you know, I'd, I'd advocate for Svelte and my company, maybe. But it all comes down to like what your team's comfortable with and where the NPM packages you need are actually going to support it. Like there's the ecosystem as well. So it's a whole lot of things. But the one nice thing about Slinkity is you can start with React. And then if you want to try Svelte, you can just throw Svelte on one of your pages and see how it goes. You don't have that to switch so to cool. Svelte Kit. You don't have to switch Next.js to Svelte or something. Uh, you can just experiment 
and even put two frameworks on the same page if you really want to go a little bit crazy with like micro front ends, I think they're called. Um, but yeah, a lot of flexibility for sure. I bet that also saves a lot on the um, runtime because if in terms of just thinking about the context, React context, we, we're used to doing things. It has to literally take that context and put everything, each individual tree rewrite it with that context underneath it whereas i would imagine for a flat file with a kv storage it's just sitting there and there's not duplication of that same sort of pointer over and over and over again that's exactly right yeah um that's i i think that was at the recent react uh summit about memoizing all the things because with react you re-render everything and you opt out if things get too inefficient and with Svelte, you uh, don't re-render anything and you opt in to re-rendering certain state variables depending on if you want to do that. Um, and since I feel like most people stick with defaults, I like that Svelte is making you ask, like, do I want to re-render this thing? Yes or no. It's kind of the same opt-in mindset we have about, do you want to hydrate this thing? Yes or no. Um, if you give those choices to the developer, then, you know, the default is going to be best user experience, but you use your favorite tooling. And then if you need to ship JavaScript, need to re-render JavaScript, you choose when to do that. Um, so yeah, it, this turned into a Svelte love podcast, but you know what? It, it was that's inevitable. Great. It's not our first episode that's done that, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, go try it today. So if I wanted to go try out Slinkity, my big takeaway from today is I'm going to go tryouts felt because Ben <laughs> Holmes told me to and yes. because it also looks cool and because it I guess it works very well right with Slinkity they'll, they'll work it works well with everything but it sounds like the paradigms are very similar and they'll, they'll be good at shaking hands so agreed yeah yeah the okay. mindsets are similar for sure uh Svelte gets a great avenue too but you know Slinkity is less lock-in if you need to like change things later on um, it is also more limited, though, on like if you need to have shared state between routes on your site. Currently, not possible without using like local storage or something like that. Um, but that story is definitely getting like a lot of attention because Astro has a similar issue to work out. So we definitely want to improve that to make your websites more app-like if necessary. Um, but if you're trying to build a static site, Slinkity is probably a great choice. And um, we have like our quick start guide that tells you like npm init slinkity to spin up a local project you can hit svelte in that little drop down menu or something else if you prefer and then you know just try it out um, in a little sandbox and we have explanatory text on how everything works so speaking of the, that resource is there like any anything that you would like to tell our viewers about uh like plug wise or yeah so where to go for your specific project um what would it be slinkity.dev or .io? It is .dev. That yeah. .dev, okay. Uh, it is slinkity.dev. And we also uh, are commanding the Google search results because slinkity is a made-up word. So if you just Google slinkity and you spell it right, because some people spell it with an E, it's slinkity, it's an I. Uh, if you do that, you should see a whole lot of resources pop up and slinkity.dev is the homepage. Uh, we have a quick start guide that's you uh, install a sample project or instruct you on how to add it to an existing 11D site. So if you're already an 11D person, we'll help you onboard and tell you some gotchas that you need to know about. Um, there are a few, but we detail them. And then um, I definitely want to point people to like the GitHub link on that site as well, because 
this is an experimental project. It's an alpha still, um, just because it's my first project and I don't want to declare beta until I'm pretty dang sure it works well. Uh, and it, when we have more automated tests, would love some people who are good with like end to end to help us there, but highly encourage people to contribute to the project as well as try it out. Uh, cause we detail that contributing guide, uh, a lot to make sure it's a nice onboarding experience. And we're also on the 11 discord to answer questions. So, you know, try it out and try to make the tool better or use whatever, uh, plugins that you want. Excellent. We'll include those links, uh, in the show notes for sure. Uh, Ben, thank you so much for joining us at PodRocket. Yeah, for sure. And we'll see you around. Thanks for listening to PodRocket. Find us at PodRocketPod on Twitter, or you could always email me, even though that's not a popular option. It's brian at LogRocket.